having a good day. We're here to ruin it. I'm Anna. And I'm Jordan. And this is Ruin Your Day. Are you done? Uh, yeah. That was good. I don't know why. That just like came over my body. No, no, no. Sometimes uh, you get possessed by a demon. <laughs> and it has to make noises. I'm, I, I'm convinced. I love a good noise. I thought you were going to say demonic possession. <laughs> I love a good demonic possession. I really do. However, that's not where I was going with this. I just... You know... <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> one of the one of the times that we've not been on the same brainwave. It it's not very common. It, it does, doesn't it, happen often. Yeah, but it does happen. It was a very different brainwave too. Like not even just a different one. Like a whole different fucking lobe in the brain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I was operating <laughs> under a different area of my brain it, at that it, point. You know, it. I guess it. I you know what it, it is. What? So I've been in a very dark place. Movie wise, I fucking know you have. <laughs> fucking watch Quiet Place alone. Yeah, at watched, night. I watched, Sorry, I'm like screaming no, over here. Sorry. Well, it wasn't totally alone. Like Clyde knew his job. Clyde, no, Clyde refused to look at the screen. That's okay. That was like what was cracking me up about it the whole time because every time you sent me a, a picture of him, he was just like look into the void. Oh yeah, no, no, no. he definitely was like, no, this is not something that I would like to watch. I don't want to be here. So, <laughs> mm, so yeah, I watched A Quiet Place too because I watched the first one and I loved it. Oh, it's a great movie. I hate horror movies and I love those. Yeah, movie. I loved it. Yeah. Um, watched the second one and I loved it but it also left me unsatisfied well then they're just gonna have to make a third one yeah I have a feeling there might be a third one probably but also Kaylee Murphy was in it oh I love him oh my god I love it and he was like scruffy oh I've seen him in the the previews with like a white kind of like a salt and pepper beard situation like like oh how old is he I don't know I gotta look it up because don't mm. Murphy, he, you know, I used to think he was so. Um, I, I I didn't find striking. Him, no, I. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fight me. No, I just didn't think he he wasn't my cup of tea. I didn't think he was that a, like angular. Attractive. He was very angular. Well, his uh, something about his jaw. Yes, it's something about the jaw, and I think oh. that, and then the combination of just like those icy blues, oh. it was kind of like no, I, the word those that's icy of, blues could melt me. I truly, he was an acquired taste, but I did acquire it. Like mm. he is, he is a fine mm. specimen. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it was, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't long, like it wasn't a long beard. It was, it was also wasn't like a groomed beard. Like in mm. the first one, the dad. His is like, there's a beard there, but it's, it's, it's groomed. Like you can clearly tell it's groomed. His is a little wild, a little curly, a little straight, like a little bit of everything. And I was just like, run my hands through that beard. (laughs) But okay. So watch, so watch Quiet Place 2. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Then last night I watched Level 16 on um, Netflix and it's a thriller. Oh. And it's. I don't, I'm not, it's very good. 
But it's basically about these girls who, like, have lived in this school Mm -hmm. their entire lives. And every year they move up a level. And level 16 is the last level. Oh, And it's about what happens, like, after. And this school emphasizes, like, cleanliness and hygiene and, like, good health. But not in, like, a... Not in a good way. Like, it's, like... Like, to be a good woman, to get adopted by a good family, you have to be clean. Vitamins are good for your health. You have to take this pill because it's your vitamin. Like, you have to be quiet. You have to keep your eyes cast down. Like, you have to be, like, you're like, huh. And it's basically about what happens when two girls, like, stop taking their vitamins and start figuring out what's actually going on in this place. Oh, shit. It's very good. Fuck me up. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's it's not one of those that's going to be like a jump out at you at any point. And there's no like, there's very little like action, if you will. Yeah, it's, it's like of, I said, it's a psychological. I like those shows. Oh, I like yeah. those kind of shows. Like I, like I, again, I can't, I can't do horror. I can't do slasher stuff, mm-hmm. but I love a, a show or a movie that'll make me think. Oh yeah, and that it that'll sh- like have a twist. Like I love a twist. Yes, I love a twist. Oh, there are twists and turns. Um, it's very good. And so there's that. And then I've also been reading the book you gave me, which is a like mystery, mi- mystery romance. Mm, romance is a. It's not really romance. Like a like a. It's a mystery. It's a mystery, and there's like almost death. Yes. It's an attempted assassination. Yes. And so kind of, just, and there's like a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. thing. I'm not going to get so, it. So all this to say, and I've been uh, diving deeper into the Manson family murders. Just in a, in a weird place. So demonic possession. Demonic. All that brought me to demonic possession. Demonic possession. You know, just sometimes you just need to go into those places. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'll be fine. Do we need to call somebody? Maybe. We're going to get bunk beds. <laughs> um, speaking of like Netflix shows, you know what I want to watch? Talk to me. Squid Game. <gasps> okay. You, I you... almost I almost watched it last night. I was <gasps> like, I don't know if I want to watch that solo. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'll tell you what. We'll make a deal. Okay. We watch My Hero first because I have to. Uh, and then we start Squid Games. Okay. Yeah. Deal. I'm scared. <laughs> me too. I've seen a lot of social media about it. Um, and I've seen like a lot of like funny things. Like I saw one TikTok that was like, when you're in the squid games and you eat the cookie before you listen to the instructions. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means, but it can't be good. It just, it looks very interesting. Like it's like Saw. I often think about watching Saw and I've only ever seen the, like I've never actually watched a Saw movie. I've only watched trailers Mm -hmm. because I can't with some of that stuff. Like again, it's not the gore but it's like i it's like i feel the phantom pain sympathy pains and then it's just it's just too much i look at posters for those movies and i get freaked out yeah like there was one where it was like it was like almost like the guy's face was like like cut off and then sewed back on and it just eh, no no thank you mm -mm. yeah i can't do and but but it's funny because i always thought that it was like an interesting concept right but like the 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 extent that it goes to is too far for me um so i'm i'm excited to watch squid games and then to throw any everything else throw this into the mix of everything Mm -hmm. i'm ready 
Big Mouth season five comes out at the beginning of November. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, it does. Shut the fuck up. And I've been watching. What? I started watching, rewatching it to like oh my get God. my heart right. Okay, I'm going to have to start that over. Uh, yeah. It is. Oh, I love it so it's much. It's such a good show. I cannot explain it. It is. I did not think I was going to like it. Thank you so much for forcing me to watch it. You're welcome. If you haven't watched it, here's my recommendation. Watch the first two episodes. Yeah. And then make a decision because the first one is about guys in puberty. Yeah. And the second one is about girls starting puberty. Yes. And it gets significantly better. Yes. And I know we've talked about this in like earlier episodes. We but come like, back to Big Mouth at least every five episodes. I, I Listen, like... that is home base. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mouth is home base. Yes. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump us back into since this is part two yes. of the Manson family murders. I'm gonna jump us right back in because I have a shit ton more to talk about. I am I am settled in. Yes. I have a dog in my lap. Yes. Um I have water. Yes. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Hydrate, don't dehydrate. Hydrate. <laughs> Sorry. If I wasn't like hooked up to a bunch of wires right now, I'd walk out of here again. <laughs> And there wasn't a Clyde on your lap? Oh, that's true. No, Clyde would just come with me. Where are we going? Where are we going? Mm. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, if you're joining us. If you're still here. If you're still here. If you haven't skipped. Well, if you have, now is the time to listen. Yes. If you haven't, thank you for joining us and learning more about our brains. On this uh, journey. Mm-hmm. If if we can even call it that, it's something. Mm. We went down a rabbit hole somewhere. Yeah, that's okay. We're gonna keep going. Yes. So when we when you last joined us previously, previous your day. <laughs> previously, so we talked about the key players. We talked about the murders. We okay. talked about the motive. Yes. So we're going to get into the trial, and then I'm going to talk to you about an alternate theory. I'm so excited for I know. this. It's, it's great. So, the trial. On June 15th, 1970, the Tate-LaBianca trial against Manson, Watson, Atkins, and Krenwinkel began for, uh, for seven counts of murder and one count of conspiracy. Van Houten was charged with two counts of murder and one count of conspiracy. Caspian, in exchange for immunity, testified for the prosecution to explain the events that occurred during each vicious crime. Atkins had originally agreed to testify, but retracted her statement. In the beginning of the trial, Manson was permitted by the, co- by the court to act as his own attorney. However... After several violations of conduct, mm-hmm. permission to represent himself was withdrawn. I don't understand how that is even a thing. I don't understand. I mean, if you're competent to stand trial, I guess you're competent to represent yourself. No. Listen, if you, I didn't if, say it was a good choice. Especially if you don't have a... Um, Legal like, background? Uh, like, Yeah, no background. You don't have a bar license. Like, That does not compute to me. It it to me yeah. it made a little more sense when Ted Bundy did it yeah, he because was, like, he was a law student yeah. yeah um but no this this doesn't this doesn't compute yeah I don't get it I don't it was the seventies man the seventies were a wild time wild time wild Just full of serial killers serial killers LSD mm. the seventies lots of tie dye lots of tie dye so much tie dye wow <laughs> so. As a result, um, 
Manson carved an X onto his forehead in objection to the withdrawn permission. So that was him throwing what? a tantrum. I Sorry. Know. I know. I know. <laughs> what? I know. <laughs> the fuck does that mean, bro? Like, like, sir. Sir, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead. I, I know, Clyde. I'm just going to put an X just on my head boop, boop. because you said I couldn't do that, mom. Like, Pretty what much. is that even? Okay. I'm sorry. I'll just no, no, no. It's it's okay. So after about a month, the jury was selected. Cospian was called by Bugliosi to stand to the stand following an objection by Canarek, and she that she was incompetent and insane. So Canarek basically is saying that Linda Cospian was incompetent and insane, but that was overruled. With the objection overruled, Cospian was sworn in as a witness. She was on the stand for a total of. 18 days holy shit what the hell yeah 18 days seven of which were were for cross-examination wow yeah i know it's crazy manson disrupted cospian's testimony by revealing the newspaper's headline manson guilty nixon declares the defense attempted to use this as prejudice to move for a mistrial. The request was denied as the jury had sworn to the judge that they would not be influenced by the president's declaration. I have yet to be called to jury duty. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I didn't. They they like excuse me like the day before I had to go, but I've That's been called. Lovely. Yeah. I'm knock on wood. I have yet to be called. Um, my mother was on a grand jury for 18 months and where they decided if cases would actually go to trial. Yeah. And honestly, she should probably be in therapy for the, all the shit she saw. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause it was awful. Um, but like, I can't imagine. And if you're a judge and you're hearing this, keep this in mind. If you ever call me to jury duty, I can't imagine not having bullshit like that. Like, sway me one way or the other like i'm i'm you I try to be pretty unbiased but Do you mean like the nick like nixon declaring yeah well nixon declaring but also just like the act itself like manson yeah. causing a disruption oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but also i'm and and i have a feeling that there were some, like i i can't i have a feeling that there were some jury members who were like big like they were pro nixon and so they're like oh if the president says I don't know, mom. Someone help me out, mom. I'm gonna call my mom after this. Like, what happened, yeah, ma'am? What should have happened? What yeah. would have happened if something like this had happened now? If if Biden said this, like, like says, if he comes out and says Brian Laundry is a is monster, gu- is guilty, guilty, like what happens with the jury? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would uh, would uh, love uh, to know that. I will consult the parental units. Yes, please do. Mm-hmm. Manson's influence on the prosecution's witnesses was becoming evident during the trial. For example, prosecution witness Barbara Hoyt was lured by a Manson family member to Hawaii and was given lethal doses of LSD. Luckily, Hoyt was able to reach a hospital before any fatal events could occur. Another witness that was threatened was Paul Watkins. Watkins was severely burned in a suspicious fire in his van. Furthermore, Van Houten's attorney, uh, Ronald Hughes, failed to appear in court when he refused to allow his client to testify. He stated that he refused to push a client out the window. Um, Hughes' body was discovered after the trial ended. His death was rumored to have been ordered by the Manson family. Mm -hmm. 
fucking Manson family. I know. They did. I mean, you're probably going to talk about it more, but they did some crazy ass shit during Mm -hmm. this trial, after the trial, like after he was in prison. Oh, yeah. Well, they're crazies. 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 Manson aggressively vocalized his views and opinions regarding the testimonies and statements made by the prosecution. A memorable moment occurred when Manson and the judge fell into a disagreement, resulting in Manson physically throwing himself at the judge, exclaiming, quote, someone should cut your head off, end quote. Soon after Uh, that, the Manson family women started chanting in Latin to support Manson's outbursts. What? Okay, so what happens when that fucking happens? Because I feel like you would need a, like, the judge would have to, like, I mean, I would want to, like, have myself excused. Like, 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 I I don't know what the proper terminology is, but, like, you can get, like, a new judge on a trial. I think you can, but I have a feeling that, now, I don't. I need to look at, I don't know the judge's name and I don't know anything about him, but I have a feeling it was probably like, this is just, judges in general tend to be very proud people. Like as they they should, like that's a, that's a power, a position of power and prestige. Like you, you earned that in some way and I get it I'm not saying that I have anything against judges but they're usually proud of being a judge yeah and they have to stand their ground and, I'm they, sure they and they're like this, this is my courtroom yeah like this is I this is where I like rule this area and so I bet he was probably like I will not let Manson scare me yeah I mean I I mean maybe it's just like you know I mean, it would scare me. Like, let's be yeah. honest here. Like, I mean, just like the fact that it came to like that, like all, like a near physical altercation like that. Yeah. And then there were other like women in there, you know, chanting in fucking Latin. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be like, may I be excused? Excuse me. Can I leave? Can I just bring on the dancing you. lobsters? <laughs> like, <laughs> Court dismissed. Court dismissed. Bring on the dancing lobsters. Oh, man. Uh, here. Amanda Bynes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, the Amanda Lord. show. I love it. If you're between the ages of 20, 22 and we'll say 30. It's a good age. You know what I'm talking about. It's a good age range. I like a good range. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but lobsters are dancing. Lobsters are dancing. Yes. Uh, the prosecution finished their case, turning the attention to the defense team. To everyone's surprise, the defense declared that it rested their case. As a result, the women began protesting that they wanted to testify and all attorneys were called to the chambers. The defense team strongly opposed the testimony of their clients because they felt that the women were still under the influence of Manson and would testify that they were the sole perpetrators involved in the crime. Uh, Judge Older, so I actually did have his name. (laughs) Judge Older declared that the right to testify took precedent over the attorney's objections. When Atkins took the stand for her testimony, her attorney refused to question her. Manson took the stand the next day and testified for over an hour regarding the case. The jury was excused during this time to prevent evidence incriminating co-defendants to to prejudice the jury. Wait a minute. Okay, so... Let me make sure I got that so, right. So when Atkins took the stand, her own ator- attorney refused to question her. Yes. And then the next day, Manson took the stand and testified for over an hour, and the jury wasn't present to so, prevent evidence incriminating co-defendants 
So basically, okay. So they're trying to protect the other defendants. Yes. By not. Well, what's the point of letting him testify? Then? I don't listen. It was the 70s. And I was not there. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I, what I, the fuck, 70s? I don't know. Okay, I just don't know. <laughs> I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying. I just don't know. Okay. <laughs> The okay. fuck? What the fuck? Watson was tried uh, in August of, ni- of 1971 and found guilty on seven counts of murder and one count of conspiracy. The jury took a week to deliberate and came with the verdict of guilty for all charges of murder and conspiracy for all defendants. Um, and so just to recap, that was um for Manson, Watson, Atkins and Krenwinkel, seven counts of murder, one count of conspiracy. For Van Houten, two counts of murder, one count of conspiracy. So they were all found guilty. Wow. Um, during the penalty phase of the trial, the jury declared the penalty of death. Pursuant to California Supreme Court ruling in 1972, the death penalties for all defend- defendants were commuted to life in prison. Yeah, I don't really have any commentary on that. I know. I think they deserve to rot. Mm, no, well, yeah. I have I have mixed feelings about the death penalty, but I think that they deserve to rot. Yeah, at least deserve to rot. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to get into the alternate theory. Bring it on! Are you ready? Bring it on! <laughs> Clyde! Okay. Clyde, it's happening. It's happening, Clyde. He's like, what's happening? He's like, can you please let me sleep? Okay. <laughs> James Buddy Day, a true crime TV producer and author of the book Hippie Cult Leader, The Last Words of Charles Manson, believes everyone involved in the crimes had a slightly different take on what happened. While researching the book, Day conducted interviews with Manson, who was still serving a a life sentence during the year leading up to Manson's death on November 19, 2017, at the age of 83 and is thus believed to be the last person to inf- interview the infamous criminal at length. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a, and like, that's a resume. Yeah. So like, and if you read like the, an excerpt that they have like on, um, Amazon, mm-hmm. it, it like the excerpt is basically one of the days, um, on Thanksgiving. And this is like, there had been a couple, like they'd had a couple of phone calls, but on Thanksgiving, uh, James Day sits down to dinner and his phone rings and it's a call from the jail mm-hmm. or the prison. And it's, it's Charles Manson Holy shit! and he gets up and he, and he like leaves and he goes to take this phone call and it talks about how like he just, he took them whenever and wherever, because basically like, and I get into it a little bit, but basically um because of Manson's how he grew up and like all of his time in jail he didn't trust very easily yeah and so if you like were inconsistent or broke his trust like you basically could never gain it back and so day would just literally like stop what he was doing and like answer the phone for Manson so that he could keep getting to talk to him yeah so it's that was very interesting. Can you fucking imagine getting a phone call from prison and they say Charles Manson is on the line? Uh, yeah, and he's quoted a lot. Like, like there are like direct quotes from Manson in this book. Like, in insane. Like it, and it does talk about that. He even the day makes a comment on how like 
again, he would pop in and out of paranoia. He would pop in and out of clarity and like he spoke really weird. And then there was also like, he, he spoke metaphorically all the time. And he also spoke in a way that's very late sixties. Yeah. And it's like, he never left. Yeah. 1969. Wow. Like crazy. Wow. So here is day's theory. Okay. And this is the, like, the why of the murders, not the murders, because we went over the murders in the previous episode. This is, like, the reasoning behind it, because if you recall, the motive behind the murders, what the prosecution made it out to be was um, was uh, him being a Christ-like figure and him predicting the coming of a race war that he was going to help initiate and then survive. Racist bastard. Which... Don't don't get me wrong. He's a racist. He's a racist bastard. bastard. But Day believes that there's a different motive. Okay. So in the summer of 1969, Manson had a falling out with Dennis Wilson, which, as you remember, is one of the Beach Boys. Yes. Um, which put him in a financial strain. So the cost of feeding his followers, medical bills, and destruction done to Wilson's home led Wilson to throw Manson and his family out. The group settled on Spawn into Spawn Ranch, which was owned by George Spawn, who was 81 years old and blind. According to Day, the uh, living on the ranch was like the only time Manson truly felt at peace. Mm. During this time, Squeaky started taking care of George and mm-hmm. um and during the trial she graphically spoke of spoke to having sex with George when in actuality she just really loved taking care of him and only wanted to have sex with Manson and Manson hoped that the bond that she had with George would lead him to uh willing squeaky the ranch so that it could like stay in mm. okay so Backtracking to April of 1969, so that was in July. That was like the beginning of, yeah, that was like the beginning of June or July. No, June. Yeah. So backtracking to April, same year, April. um, On April 23rd, 1969, Tex, who was a heavy drug user, including LSD, speed, and cocaine, was arrested for uh, public intoxication in downtown L.A., he told LAPD that he'd taken belladonna, a natural plant that grew on the ranch, um, and Brenda, one of the followers, she knew how to cook it. Um, she knew how to cook it to turn it into a powerful substitute for LSD, which she then gave to Tex, who went into a full-blown psychotic episode. Belladonna's no joke, y'all. Yeah, no, no, thank and if you. you like take enough of it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, so. Keeping this in mind, so not only was Tex a drug user, he was also a drug dealer. And for a short time before his arrest, Tex lived off of the ranch with a girlfriend who was also a drug dealer. And so one of the important themes that Day identifies in his alternate theory that goes against the original, like the more widely known motive, is that Tex had a mind of his own. Mm -hmm. He was not brainwashed or under the influence of Manson. Like he worked with Manson, yes, but like was his own person. Okay. So to kind of keep all that in mind. Okay. I promise it's like with this theory, it's like 
all of these pieces and then they start to slowly come together. So it's just stick with me, right? I'm ready. Okay, so in July of 1969, Tex was involved in a drug deal gone wrong with Bernard Crow, an African-American man. Tex and his girlfriend played Crow into paying for drugs up front and then they ran off with the money. Tex's girlfriend called the compound later that same night and asked Char- asked for Charles, which is Tex's real name, but instead was given Manson, who had the same name. Mm-hmm. She told Manson, thinking it was Tex, not, not Manson, she told <laughs> Manson that Crow had found her, was holding her hostage, and would kill her if he didn't get his money back. Manson went to help her, not knowing that she was double-crossing Tex for Crow. Whoa. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Crow went to, or Manson went to Crow's apartment in an attempt to stop things before they started, and his ranch was destroyed. Like, he was afraid, like, Crow, like, he was afraid this whole thing would destroy his ranch. Yeah, yeah. After an argument ensued, Manson shot Crow with a twenty-two revolver. Crow did survive. And this is, I I talked about this in the previous episode where he like faked um, being dead and then the girlfriend. So this incident left Manson panicked um, and he needed to make sure his followers wouldn't rat him out because like I said, he was institutionalized. And so like he only looked out for number one and like you were either like in the, um, well, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> he began to encourage them to commit violent crimes so that he had as much dirt on them as he they had on him. Oh. And this was something that he learned in prison. Either you are against him, you're with him, or you're against him. And if you're with him, you better be willing to prove it. Wow. Right? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So he was also, Manson was also terrified of retaliation from the Black Panthers, which Crow was a member of. So Manson began collecting guns and promoting fear in the ranch. And many ranch members recall the group taking a really dark turn after Crow was shot. To protect the ranch further, Manson enlisted the help of the Straight Satans, a motorcycle gang. Straight Satans. (laughs) Yes. Trying to trying to gain favor with the straight Satans, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby tried to score some drugs for them in mid July 1969. And so the important thing to note about Bobby was he was really excited that they were going to be on the ranch because he um, had a motorcycle that he was fixing, and they were a motorcycle gang, and he wanted to learn more about motorcycles and get them to help him. But he so he wanted to get into their favor. So that's why he was going to score drugs as he was trying to get into their favor. Okay. Um, so Gary Hinman used to sell drugs to Bobby. So it made sense for Bobby to use Hinman for another score. Unfortunately, the drugs Bobby got for the bike gang was not what he thought it was. And the gang demanded their money back. So basically he got them bad Ooh. drugs. Shit. Okay. And it could also be that he got them good drugs and the gang was like, just playing him and like trying to get their money and the drugs. Yeah. Um, Bobby had already given the money to Hinman, which the straight Satans didn't like. Bobby told them that he would get the money back knowing his life was on the line. So he basically felt like threatened enough. Yeah. Like some breaking bad shit. Right. On July 25th, 1969, Bobby went over to Hinman's with Mary and Susan Atkins. 
After a failed attempt of getting the money back, Bobby and Hinman had a fight. Like a, so while Bobby never used the gun he carried to scare Hinman, he did hit Hinman with it during their fight. Um, afterwards, Bobby called Manson and claimed that he was in trouble and needed some help. So thinking his followers were in trouble, Manson and another member of the family rushed over. In the meantime, Bobby and Gary Hinman uh, figured out a solution. But when Manson arrived, that went out the window. So like no one like, I mean, it's the seventies and not like they have cell phones to be like, yeah. Hey, yo, no, that's, it's all good. You don't do it. Um, so Manson like is arriving thinking that his followers are in trouble. Right. And so when he, when Manson came into Hinman's home, um, he like literally just like walked in and slashed him in with a sword. Um, and that's where like the ear was dangling that I talked about yep. in the last episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's back. The image is back. Yep. So if you think about Crow's issue, he came mm-hmm. to save a follower. Yep. And marched in without knowing. Yep. Same thing here. So once again, panicked. Manson and his followers managed to talk Hinman out of going to the hospital and Manson quickly left. Over the next few days, Hinman's wound got worse and the group got more panicked. And they came up with a plan to kill Hinman and stage the crime scene to make it look like the Black Panthers were to blame. This could potentially solve the issue of the Black Panthers attacking the ranch as the group would be too busy running from the law to attack Manson and his family. Okay. Huh. To cover their tracks, Bobby wrote Political Piggy in Hinman's blood and put a the Black Panther paw symbol next to it um, on the wall of the crime scene. It's important to note that it, this is important to note um, because six days later on August 6, 1969, Bobby was arrested um, after being found with one of Hinman's vehicles. So, like, so Bobby wrote this. And, um, and the, and the reason, one of the reasons why he was so quickly arrested is because with his pot, he, like they'd wiped down all of the possible print areas, except the bloody paw print that he made with his palm. So, like I said, so six days later, he's arrested. Yeah. Uh, Bobby told the police that he and two women hitchhiked to Hinman's to find him distraught after being beaten by two black men over a political disagreement. Bobby stated that they tried to help him in and, and after a day, Hinman told Bobby he was leaving for Colorado. Um, and so I want to pause real quick because I didn't say it in the, the beginning of this alternate theory. So all of this is coming from like interviews. Like Day had literal interviews with everyone that he could get a hold of. Yeah. Manson, Bobby, Susan, Lynn, like everybody he could talk to, he did. So a lot of this is corroborated by like testimony and interviews from okay. him. So wow. that's, that's okay. like where all this is coming from. Yeah. Uh, Bobby's arrest hit everyone at the ranch really hard and the family would do almost anything to get Bobby out of jail. And also Manson was super nervous with Bobby being in jail. He was yeah. afraid Bobby was going to snitch on him for the crow murder because at this time Manson thought he had murdered crow. Right. He didn't know that crow had survived. Um, on Thursday, August 7th, Bobby was transported back to L.A. and he was arraigned on August 8th, Friday, August 8th. This is the same day 
um, the Manson group planned to kill someone and staged the crime scenes to make it look like Hinman's murderer was still on the run, thus forcing the police to set Bobby free. Bobby, huh. be- Bobby being set free would also prevent him from snitching on Manson for shooting Crow. Are you starting to see all the puzzle pieces coming together? Wow. Okay. So why kill Sharon Tate? Why? Tell me. Well, according to Day's theory. Let's go, Day. What you got, Day? Manson didn't know Tate lived there, lived at the house that was targeted. So he didn't target Sharon Tate. He targeted the house. Because before she lived there, Terry Mulcher of the Beach Boys lived there, and Manson had a grudge against Mulcher for stealing a song Manson had contributed to one of the Beach Boys' albums. Okay. In an interview in 1969, Susan Atkins said that the reason Manson picked the house was to put fear into Mulcher and remind him that, quote, what Charlie said was the way it is, end quote. At no time did she ever mention the Beatles or an impending race war. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's why they picked the house. Okay. We already know what happens. I'm not getting into actually what happens because we already know. So just they the were wrong, wrong place. Wrong place. People. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and he goes into depth in the book. Like it's a great right. read. Highly recommend it. Um, so... How, uh, now, where do the LaBianca murders fit into this alternate theory? Let's go. If we continue down Day's line of thinking, Manson didn't think there was enough public fear and outrage for the staged, racially motivated murders the night before. So basically, like, he didn't think, and this all happens over, like, three days. I know it says, like, night two, but, like, it's a three-day period. Right. He, um, he didn't think that there was enough outcry. And so he started and and he and again he's trying to stage these murders so that they'll release Bobby. Right. According to this theory. And also in an effort to keep everyone in the commune confused, complicit and completely under his control, he took the he took the group out to create more panic. But how did the Labiancas get selected? I'll tell you. <laughs> The LaBianca's house shared a lot with the home of Harold True. Harold was a friend of one of Manson's fellow inmates, Phil Kaufman, and Harold would also throw parties in which Manson and his family would attend. Okay, I remember you saying that. There was a party. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. At one point, the Manson family lived in a bus outside of Harold's house. Oh, Lord. Okay. But caused so many issues that the neighbors called the cops and forced them to leave. So because of this, Manson had a grudge. And according to Day's theory, Manson targeted people he had a grudge on. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Little grudges, but grudges nonetheless. And once again, wrong people. Mm-hmm. Dumb fuck. Now, like what? at the time of the murders, so Harold had moved. Right. But again... The house was targeted. The house was the target. And actually, technically, when they were asked to leave, uh, Lynn LaBianca's mother lived in the house. And then she sold it to Leno and Rosemary. Oh, my God. So, again. I hate that. Like, 
he might not have even have been the person to call the cops. Like his mother could have done it. Yeah. I mean, or she asked him to do it. But so once again, it's not the it's not the people per se. It's the house. Yeah. And and yes, it's the people because there's a grudge going on. And yes, it's the LaBianca family. It's like a twisted targeting system, though. Yes. It's very twisted. But it, I, I see it, yes. I, I see the logic. It's incorrect logic. Yes. And very fucked up, but Agreed. I see the logic. Agreed. On the night of the LaBianca murders, Manson drove Tex, Linda, Katie, Clem, Leslie, and Sadie, Susan, um, <laughs> to the house, then proceeded to go inside for about 10 minutes. When he returned, he had with him Rosemary LaBianca's wallet. Tex, Leslie, and Katie went inside, and the girls were told by Manson to follow Tex's orders. And that again lends to Tex, like, go, like being a monster, yes, but yes. Tex being kind of independent of Manson's, like, influence and control. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. The rest of the group went to Venice Beach some 40 minutes away. Day believes um, that Manson took the wallet because the La Biancas were loaded. Like I said, they're very wealthy yes. um, uh, grocery store owners um, and used the money uh, that he found to pay off Bobby's debt to the straight Satans. After Hinman's murder and Bobby's arrest, the gang left the ranch and had gone back to their headquarters in Venice Beach, afraid of retaliation from the police. It's theorized that Manson paid the gang to protect Bobby and also win back protection for the ranch. Wow. You see how... That... The web. The spider web. Okay. Wow. I also, for your um, viewing pleasure, in this um, book, he has this great diagram. So I'm going to give it to you. Okay. So we go. So Charles Manson goes to Bernard Crow. Huh. We will put this on our Instagram. Yes, we need to post a picture because this is a really great diagram. Yeah. Like talking about it. Sorry. I'm like just like staring no, at it. Trying you're good. To so, in summary, while you're looking at this, in summary, the alternate theory behind the Manson family murders is one of grudges, paranoia, and mistakes, but not race wars. Day believes that Manson was trying to protect himself by making his followers' hands as dirty as his own, and while he was a master at manipulation, everyone acted on their own accord and not through some brainwashing by Charles Manson. See, I, I buy this theory right i do buy this theory because it makes manson seem and his followers seem less um i don't know how to explain it like like less mystified i guess i don't know yeah. what else but like you know you always think of them as just being kind of their eyes glazed over right they're you know they're not there they're not comprehending what's going on they're fucking comprehending what's going yeah. on and and I, like, and I buy this because it it also I don't know. I, I, I buy it. I, again, I, I believe it. Manson, I mean, he, according to Day, he was, he was looking out for numero uno, but he was like, everyone is their own person. And yeah. I just, you know, 
everyone yeah. he would say things like that like everyone kind of did their own thing they were own their their own person i never like forced them to do anything i mean he said it in more metaphorical ways than that but um and then day also talks about like the according to the girls themselves like when they were doing the killing they would have moments of insanity while killing which is why there was so much overkill yeah is because one they they would they like were fascinated by the the act and art of killing like one one of the girls i can't remember which one she was like i kind of lost my mind because it's not like cutting meat yeah it's different and i liked it and so it i think it was a combination of drugs Yes. Manipulation, fascination with death, yes, fear and paranoia. Yes, like, it's a lot of different things. But I personally believe this, and and I don't, and and this book will get it. I it gets into the trial itself, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I've not gotten that far. <laughs> it's well, a lot to digest. Oh my god, no, I understand that though, because when I was reading, um, who killed these girls for the for the um yogurt shop murders mm-hmm. i skipped the trial i was like I, I i skimmed it i got what i needed from it but i was like i can't read these tr- like, court transcripts yeah like it's 252 pages mm-hmm. i am like in the i think i'm in the like i'm in like the 180s yeah like just a lot to read and like i just haven't gotten there yet um yeah yeah it's wow just, it's just crazy so that's the alternate theory of like why the murders happened. Interesting. Right? It makes so much more sense. Doesn't that theory make a lot more sense makes, than like a helter skelter well, race war? Like, it's more um it's definitely more boring. In a oh, one hundred percent more boring. And you know, it's it's and which I think is why people probably don't fuck with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, and also apparently when everything was happening, um the police like didn't connect like they, I think they connected that the La Bianca and the Tate murders right. were connected, but they didn't connect that Hinman's right was was connected. Like they literally were like, no, those aren't connected. Even when like one set of police came to the other and was like, oh, y'all have bloody walls and paw prints, so do we. And they're like, no, no, bro, like Fucking totally different. LAPD. Yeah, in the seventies. Like, God <laughs> like, damn. Like, what are so, you doing? Yeah, there was a little bit of that too. And so I think that's another, I think at least in the 70s, that was another reason why like they probably didn't do all that much digging of like all of these connections. Yeah. This trail. Um, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Clyde's looking at me like you clapping for me. Oh, no, Clyde. I mean, yes, for you too, but that's not what it was for. Good job. Wow, that was awesome. Thank you. And now we need to uh, just hold our pets close. Clyde's like, please let go of me. Please do not touch me, you heathens. You heathens. <laughs> um, and so, so again, uh, the source of this alternate theory is from Hippie Cult Leader, The Last Words of Charles Manson by James Buddy Day. He also has a documentary that I have not watched, but basically like he wrote this book and this documentary is like based off of this too. Okay. Where's, do you know where the documentary is? Um, Streaming anywhere. I don't, I don't really know. Because the girl doesn't have cable anymore. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me 
look real quick and see if I can find it. Let's find out. Uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I think that you can really only get it on Amazon for Charles Manson the funeral too. Yeah. So in so in conclusion, Amazon. Amazon. We looked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Amazon. Well, good job. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome as always. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, don't keep going. Uh, I'm yay. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, friends, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna uh, cuddle up in a blanket now. And, I'm uh, stripping off a blanket. I'm so hot. Oh, are your thighs hot? Thigh sweat. <laughs> it's your turn. It's my turn to have you know, sweaty I've thighs. I learned my lesson. I I've opted for a lighter bl- blanket. Yeah. I did. I'll have to put the lighter blanket this week. But you do have a little space heater with you. I do. I do. And I can feel the thigh sweat coming. Yeah, it's going to come. It's not happening yet. (laughs) That's okay. I'm going to stand up, stretch my legs, get a cosmic brownie out of uh, my my pantry. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Let me tell you you about something real quick. Talk to me. So a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. I had this realization. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a craving mm-hmm. for a cosmic brownie. Okay. For those of you who don't know what a cosmic brownie is, did you have a childhood? Uh, it's a little Debbie <laughs> dessert. It's those brownies that just have like the little candies on them right, in, right, the, right. in the frosting. Right. And I was like, I really want a fucking cosmic brownie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I don't have any. And then I realized I'm a fucking adult with fucking adult money. I can get me some cosmic brownies. So since then, I've gotten cosmic brownies with all my groceries. <laughs> I'm here for all of this. I'm here for the revelation, adult money. I do. I often forget. It's more so that I don't need it and I'm trying to fit into a bridesmaid's dress next year. <laughs> but if I wanted to buy an entire chocolate cake and you eat can. that chocolate cake, I l- l- no one is stopping me. No one's going to stop. No one's going to know. I might. How would they know? How would they know? How would they know? Oh. Yeah. I mean, like I do have like the self-control thing like where I have to be like, no, I can't do that. But fuck it. I can. Fuck restrictions. I can do it. I can do it if I want to. If I wanted to, I could. So, yeah. So, I have cosmic brownies that we're going to eat. Yes. I love how <laughs> love how I don't get a choice. No, you I'm do. I'm going to eat it. I've already had one today. Oh, I picked Lord. up my groceries. I literally put them away and I ate a brownie. And sometimes now we're gonna you need them. to. Sometimes you need it. I just little, some, some take the edge off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly ice cream for me. Truly. <laughs> Truly, that is ice cream for me. I'm like, just need a well, I want that fucking brownie now. Let's go get some brownies. We love you. Good night. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.